0: We went over to Quality Care, which is the clinic that most of the expats use here. We picked up the business card of the endocrinologist. And when right before we uh, came down in June of 2018, my wife called the number on the business card. And the number was the endocrinologist's cell phone. So, she asked, say, I want to make an appointment. And the endocrinologist said, well, you need to call Quality Care. My wife says, Do you have that number? And the doctor said, No, but give me a minute. Five minutes later, she calls her back, gets the number, makes the appointment for a Saturday morning. The endocrinologist spent two hours with her. Now you have to understand, my wife is a retired RN. She is a pain in the butt patient. She was thrilled. Welcome to the Repurpose Your Career Podcast, brought to you by Career Pivot. This podcast is where those of us in the second half of life come together to discuss how to repurpose our careers for the 21st century. Come listen to career experts give you proven strategies, listen to people like you tell their stories on how they repurpose their careers, and finally, get your questions answered. Your host, Mark Miller, has made six career pivots over the last 30 years. He understands this is not about jumping out of the frying pan into a fire, but rather to create a plan where you make clear, actionable steps or pivots to a better future career. Are you ready to repurpose your career? Welcome to episode 131 of the Repurpose Your Career podcast. My name is Mark Miller and I'll be your host. Every Monday for a discussion on what it's like to repurpose your career. Career Pivot brings this podcast to you. CareerPivot.com is one of the very few websites dedicated to those of us in the second half of life and our careers. Take a moment to check out the blog and other resources that are delivered to you free of charge. If you are enjoying this podcast, please share it with other like-minded souls. Subscribe on careerpivot.com, iTunes, or, or any of the other apps that supply podcasts. Share it on social media or just tell your neighbors and colleagues. The more people we reach, the more people we can help. I have released three chapters of the next edition of Repurpose Your Career to the Repurpose Your Career review team. If you would like to be part of that team, please go to careerpivot.com slash rycteam and you will receive new chapters as they become available. I'm looking for honest feedback and would love to get an honest review on amazon.com after the book is released. My current plan is to release the book in mid to late September and do a virtual and real book tour. I plan to be in Austin, the New York City area, and D.C. during the months of September and October and would love to meet my readers and listeners. Reach out to me at podcast at careerpivot.com if you would be willing to give me some advice on venues or groups that would be interested in hosting an event. Next week, I plan to replay a webinar that Susan Joyce of job hunt.org fame gave to the Career Pivot community called Personal SEO and Being Found and Protecting Your Privacy. The idea here is this should give you a good sampling for the quality material available inside the Career Pivot community. Listen to the end, and you'll learn how to become part of that community. This week, I planned to give you an update on where my wife and I were in our expat journey. I was going to talk about healthcare experiences, the resident visa process, and finances. Well, the healthcare experiences ended up being such a big piece that this episode is all about health insurance and healthcare in Mexico make sure to check out the show notes, which can be found at careerpivot.com slash episode 131. That's episode dash 131 with additional resources and videos, which are fairly considerable. I hope you enjoy this episode. In this episode, I want to talk about health insurance and healthcare in Mexico. But the first thing I do want to do is I want to set the stage by saying, why has health insurance been a thorn in our side for over 20 years? So, this goes all the way back to the early 1990s when my wife had a benign, irrecon whatever, tumor that has set off all kinds of stuff afterwards. She's been treated very affordably through all these years. But basically, she has been uninsurable except through an employer's health plan, group plan. In 2000, I left IBM. I went to work for a successful tech startup that left us debt-free. Uh, one of the things I wanted you to understand is we have always lived a frugal lifestyle. Uh, that that first tech startup didn't leave us rich, but we were able to pay off the mortgage, finish off paying off our son's college education. So In my mid-40s, we were debt-free, which is has given me a lot of freedom. We don't buy expensive cars. Uh, we've always lived within our means. And I'll tell you, my timing in my career has been impeccable. I started at Aguira, the first tech startup in January of 2000, in the beginning of the dot com bust, rode that recession out. I started with Life Size Communications in December of 2007, right beginning of that recession. So my timing has been good. And let me also tell you that I just turned 63. I'm recording this on June 3rd. My wife is 64. She will be 65 and eligible for Medicare at the end of the summer. And that's an important point uh, that we will get into as far as Medicare is a big deal. So, that kind of sets the stage. And I said, Health insurance has been just a thorn in our side. I have at various different times wanted to go work for myself, and I can't buy health insurance for my wife. Period. No one would insure. Anyone who says who the private sector can take care of healthcare is full of crap. Now, when I left my last tech startup in 2011, beginning of 2011, we went on Cobra. We were paying about $1,100 a month. It was decent insurance, but it was COBRA. I was able to get my wife at the end of that 18-month period onto the Texas high-risk pool. I know our politicians say this wonderful. There are certain of our politicians who say how wonderful high-risk pools are. They're full of crap also. I was able to get my wife on the Texas high-risk pool. It was very bureaucratic, but it was decent insurance at an expensive price, but it was okay. I was able to buy health insurance on the private market. I got a, a plan from Blue Cross Blue Shield of Central Texas. And that lasted for a couple of years until the Affordable Care Act came about when we both went on to the exchange and signed up there. Actually, the first year was just my wife. It was a year before my uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield plan was terminated. That got us was going Okay, until October of 2016. October of 2016, I received the new premium notice from Blue Cross Blue Shield, and it was going to go up 50% to $1,800 a month. And that's kind of when our journey in becoming expats started. I knew the following month, when Trump got elected and the Republicans came into power, that we were going to see chaos. The Affordable Care Act, I won't get into politics, is highly flawed. It is fixable, but nobody wants to fix it. So, we went through a lot of uncertainty as we went through 2017. 2017 was an interesting year for the Miller family. We went to San Miguel de Allende, which I saw conditions popping up in my wife that we later learned was anemia. When we went to Ecuador, my wife collapsed and we came back we were at 9,000 feet. And so, if you go back to episode 29, which is careerpivot.com slash episode 29, you will listen to me record an episode from my wife's hospital room. That condition was taken care of. It has been treated. But in 2017, we spent $25,000 on health insurance and health care and did not reach our deductible. At this point uh, in 2017, we took a policy from Central Health, which is the organization, the public health organization in Central Texas, from Sendoro Healthcare. It was We were running $1,000 to $1,100 a month. This year, if we were still with them, we'd be paying over sixteen hundred dollars a month, which means we would pay nineteen thousand dollars in premiums for a ten thousand dollar deductible policy. That's seven thousand individual and ten thousand family. So this has gotten real expensive. So this kind of that, that hopefully that kind of sets the stage for why we are doing what we're doing. in Mexico, you have, a public side to healthcare and health insurance, and a private side, just like you have in the U.S. In the U.S., if you get your insurance from the exchanges or you get it from uh, your employer, that's largely private insurance. It allows you to go to any pretty much any doctor you want within reason, within their network and their negotiations. Public side is Medicaid and Medicare. And most of us will eventually end up in Medicare, and we'll talk about why people opt out a little bit later. It's similar down here. The, pr- the public side, there are actually multiple uh, public insurance. The two most common ones that you hear about are IMSS, which I'm not going to talk about because I don't completely understand it. The other one is Seguro Popular. Seguro stands for insurance insurance. Uh, Popular is popular, so popular insurance. It is roughly the Medicaid of Mexico. And you're going to find a lot of expats who come down here, sign up for Seguro Popular. Yes, as an expat, if you have a resident visa, you can sign up for it. It's largely free. You are required to go to public clinics, doctors, uh, hospitals. Uh, your wait times will be significantly longer than if you go to the, on the private side but what happens is a lot of folks who come down here there are what i like to refer to a lot of economic refugees down here there was a very good article in the washington post about the millions of Americans coming to Mexico, there are over two million Americans living in Mexico, and there are almost nine million Americans living outside the U.S. who, who are not in the military. It's a significant number, and healthcare and health insurance is a large chunk of this. Health, health insurance and healthcare is probably the, one of the major drivers. So, a lot of expats come down here, they sign up for Seguro Popular because they are living on strictly on their Social Security. Now, on the private side, you can buy private health insurance. You can go back to episode 115, which again is careerpivot.com slash episode 115. And you can listen to me interview Valerie Friesen from Blue Angel Solutions uh, that's who we bought health insurance from. We bought a private health insurance policy, a $5,000 deductible policy for both my wife and for me. They're separate policies. For the year, this cost us $2,000 approximately for both of us combined. I mean, mine was $950 and my wife's was a little less than $1,100. And this is from Vumi, V-U-M-I. It's a U.S. company. Uh, they did do a lot of exclusions on my wife, which were fine. Now, I say it's catastrophic because healthcare is pretty cheap down here and very good, particularly on the private side. Now, to give you an idea, my wife, when we came down here last, uh, when we were here in March, April of 2018... We went over to Quality Care, which is the clinic that most of the expats use here. We picked up the business card of the endocrinologist. And when we, right before we uh, came down in June of 2018, my wife called the number on the business card. And the number was the endocrinologist's cell phone. So, she asked, say, I want to make an appointment. And the endocrinologist says, well, you need to call Quality Care. My wife says, do you have that number? And the doctor said, no, but give me a minute. Five minutes later, she calls her back, gets the number, makes the appointment for a Saturday morning. The endocrinologist spent two hours with her. Now, you have to understand, my wife is a retired RN. She is a pain-in-the-butt patient. She was thrilled Remember, this goes all the way back to 1992, when my wife originally had all this started. And she learned stuff that none of the other doctors had ever told her. And by the way, that appointment cost 700 pesos, about $36. That's without insurance. The doctor and my wife agree that she needs to see the hematologist for her anemia, which is all now back to normal we have no idea why she got so anemic but anyway she made the appointment for the following monday two days in the future that doctor the hematologist spent an hour with her again told her stuff that she did not had not gotten from information from other doctors that's that summer we spent my wife saw a the endocrinologist, the hematologist, a dermatologist, and by the way, all three of those appointments were seven hundred pesos or thirty six dollars. Got blood work done, and had her teeth cleaned, and we spent hundred and fifty dollars. And I've had my teeth cleaned twice, typically paying I don't know six hundred pesos, so thirty dollars, where I normally spend a hundred and God, hundred. $30, $40, $200 to get my teeth cleaned in the US. And I haven't had dental insurance in years. So it's at, at $5,000 deductible policy, it's really catastrophic. And we're not worried about it. These policies are very similar to what you used to have in, you know, where you pay the bill and you, you know, you go see the doctor, you pay the bill and you submit a claim. This is where people get confused really confused, particularly expats, when you are dealing with the Mexican health insurance or dealing with Mexican health care. Now there are various different YouTube videos. I've you know I commonly talk about the Tangerine travel kids. They're both in their late 20s. I'm old enough to be the father so the kids, but they've done a number of episodes about their experience going to emergency rooms. There are a couple others and we'll put them in the show notes. And uh, there are a couple other folks who have blogs about, I like to say, more adults who uh, explain their experiences. One thing you have to understand, you are responsible to pay your bills largely at the time of the service, which means why you need a credit card, and your medical records are yours. When my wife had blood work done... Three days afterwards, they emailed her the results and they emailed the doctor. Um, Those records are yours. You have to keep them. So, if you go into, say, uh, there was a gentleman who fell in his tub, he got slashed his head open. He went to an emergency room, went to a private hospital, and he, um, you know, went in. He said, You know, what's this going to cost? By the way, you need to ask. They said, "Well, we don't know until the doctor sees you." The doctors did an initial evaluation, said, "You know, uh, it's going to cost about 30 dollars to sew you up." So the medications and everything, I think they spent going to the emergency room and everything, and they were in and out in a couple of hours for about a hundred dollars. Very, very affordable. If they'd gone to a private clinic or a public, sorry, if they'd gone to a public clinic, it probably would have been uh, less expensive. They talk about the fact that there are pricing for locals. And then if you're in a tourist area, yes, they may gouge you. That's why you have to ask ahead of time what's this going to cost? There was another couple that's retired down here. They wrote up in their blog about uh, they went to Puerto Vallarta. She had a condition that caused her. She has some kind of acid reflux that she has periodically, you know, once a year. She has medication for it that she didn't bring with her. This is the important piece. She didn't bring it with her. And when they went to the hospital, uh, they really couldn't treat her because they didn't have that medication. And they end up driving home with her. Puking out the side of the car. I'm not sure exactly. I don't remember the exact uh, situation, but it was a very, very unpleasant. And they only brought money for their living for that weekend in Puerto Varta. They didn't bring their credit cards. And by the way, credit cards aren't nearly so readily taken down here, but in the healthcare system, they are. And one of the things that you may, if you get admitted to the hospital, they will probably ask you to pay up front you know, two, three U S two, three thousand U S dollars. And then, you know, you'll be, you'll be refunded the difference. So it's a really, really different kind of, it's a cash society and you have to get used to that. Now the medication side is a whole different story. Largely, prescriptions down here, or just getting medications, is relatively inexpensive as long as what you have is common. So, my wife takes two medications, one for a thyroid replacement that she cannot get in Mexico. It's only available in the U.S. So, the plan is, is we will every year go back to the U.S. and get a refill for a year's supply. In doing my research, this is pretty typical. There are some medications like this woman I talked about with her acid reflux. There's some stuff you can't get down here. Uh, The one I saw here recently on a Facebook discussion was EpiPens. You cannot get it here. So, if you want it, you need to go back to the US and get it and pay for it. Now, what this usually means is you will get the the product outside of your insurance my wife is able to get one of her medications here but not at a standard pharmacy the pharmacies here only carry the most common medications for my wife she has an inexpensive uh, steroid uh, she's on very very low dose very very low dose steroids and She's only able to get it at the hospital, so we've been buying it back in the U.S. We pay cash for it. It's, uh, you know, four or five hundred dollars for the year, and she's got enough to carry us through. And we will go back to Austin in September when my wife is eligible for Medicare. Now, Medicare is an interesting one. One of the things almost all of us need to get educated on Medicare. So Medicare Part A is hospitalization, and it's it's free. Part B for 2019, I believe the f- cost is $135 a month approximately. And if you do not sign up for Medicare or discontinue Medicare and sign up and re-enroll later, you will pay a 10% penalty forever for every year you are not enrolled. That's the interesting one down here. We get a lot of folks who do not sign up for Medicare or determine that they cancel it because they will never go back to the US. They sign up for Seguro Popular, they give up their Medicare. In other words, they're coming to Mexico for better health insurance and better health care. Wow. Now, there's a whole argument, is you can never say you're never going back. By the way, most expats eventually do go back. So it's uh, my wife is going to sign up. We can afford the hundred and thirty-five dollars a month. By the way, when she turns sixty-five, we are going to start her Social Security. Yes, that's about a year early. Uh, There's lots of reason for that that I've discussed with my financial advisor, and we both agree that it's just fine. And so that will her her payment will uh, come out of her Social Security. When you get health insurance down here, when you get older, you can't always apply for health insurance. Particularly if you have not had, I believe, health insurance by the time you're 69, most of the private health insurance companies won't insure you. There's all kinds of factors here. When we return to the U.S., we don't have health insurance plan we bought from Vumi and from Blue Angel Solutions, we made the decision that it covers us everywhere in the world but the US. Yes, it covers us everywhere in the world except for the US. I could have bought a plan that would have covered us in the US and it would have been triple the cost. What we're going to do, What when we go back to the US... We buy from Vumi a temporary health insurance policy. Um, we're going back this week, which by time this show airs, we will be in New Jersey for a wedding next weekend. And for those five days of being in the U.S., we will pay a hundred. We're paying one hundred and sixty-seven dollars for our standard insurance for while we were in the U.S. Earlier this year, when we went back to Austin for three weeks, it cost us three hundred some odd dollars. I don't remember exactly for health insurance. And when my wife went to get you know, when my wife went to get vaccinated for I don't remember what it was, but something we're supposed to get vaccinated for again in her sixties, the health insurance at least gave us a lower negotiated price. When we go back to the U.S., we have to buy health insurance, and uh, when she's on Medicare. We won't have to worry about that. So let's talk about what do people do down here Who, when they hit the age of 65? I claim there are two kinds of people here. There are people of means, someone like ourselves, we can afford, I've got enough money to retire on, we're not rich, but we're by no means poor. What a lot of folks like, as I said, people of means, what they do is they sign up for Medicare, they do not carry any insurance, medical insurance here, and they just pay out of pocket. And if something bad happens, they go back to the U.S. I've talked to any number of folks who that's a, that's just their plan. And they're perfectly comfortable with that. Then there are other people who say, you know, I'm not signing up for Medicare. I'm never going back. And, and the reason why they get very emotional about this is because Medicare doesn't do you any good down here. Although, there's a hospital being built here in San Antonio. Teclapapan. Yeah, I probably butchered that name. Uh, anyway, that uh, will take Medicare Advantage plans. But in general, Medicare does you no good outside the U.S. And they're going, I'm not spending $135 a month per person. And why do they say this? Because they're living on Social Security. And that might be ten or twenty percent of what they live on every month. It's a lot of money for them. If you go back to one of the episodes when I interviewed Queen Michelle, Queen is in her mid fifties and she doesn't have any health insurance down here. By the way, she's living on eleven hundred dollars a month or a teacher pension. Health care is very affordable, and um, and she's taking the chance. The Other folks who are, as I say, economic refugees and they they discontinue their Medicare and sign up for Seguro Popular, it's a really, I said, it's a interesting perspective of people come here for essentially better health insurance and health care at a lower at a lower price. Uh, And I'll put it bluntly, it's very often higher quality. Now, do you need to shop around for doctors? The answer is yes. Not everything, not everything's created equal. In this case, many of the doctors are US trained. Many of the doctors my wife sees are trained at Guadalajara Medical School. And which we're less than an hour away from. Um, most of the hospitals are in Guadalajara. There are, is a small hospital here in Ajijic. There is a bigger hospital being built that just actually just opened. Being an hour outside of a major city is an advantage and a disadvantage. Uh, there are plenty of doctors here, English-speaking doctors. Um, most of my wife's specialists all come down from Guadalajara. About every week to two weeks. I'm going to leave it at that. My wife has been very pleased. I'm finally going to go see a doctor and get a physical. I haven't had one in a while. Health insurance and healthcare in Mexico has solved a lot of problems for us. Will we go back to the U.S.? I always tell people not until I'm Medicare eligible, which is another two years. And even at that, I'm not sure we ever will go back. You know, when I wrote a blog post several months ago on my mindset, I got one guy wrote a comment saying, why don't you let the door kick you as you go out? I don't believe you can get better healthcare outside the U.S. And I said, go do your homework. The healthcare system and the health insurance business is very broken in the U.S. right now. And I don't see it getting fixed at all. There was a blog post... That was done, it was written last week that was posted on careerpivot.com. And again, we'll put the link in the show notes about the Medicare at 50 proposal. This is not Medicare for all, but allowing people to sign up for Medicare at 50 and older, you will pay the full cost. In many cases, this is a good kind of medium solution. Um, I had a Medicare specialist. Proposed that article to me and I thought it was worthwhile. It goes along with this podcast. So, with that, I'm going to kind of close it out, but that gives you kind of an idea of healthcare down here. I probably rambled a bit in this podcast because I'm not used to doing these podcasts unscripted and this has largely been unscripted. If you have any questions, please leave a comment in the show notes, which can be found at careerpivot.com episode 131. You can also leave me a message at podcast at careerpivot.com. I'll be happy to answer any of your questions. With that, I'm going to close out this episode. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. It's not until you experience healthcare outside of the U.S. that you realize just how broken the U.S. healthcare system has become. Make sure and check out the show notes, which can be found at careerpivot.com episode 131 with additional resources and videos that I think you will find very useful. Then there is the Career Pivot membership community, which has become a valuable resource for approximately 50 members who are participating in the beta phase of this project. I am recruiting new members for the next cohort. If you are interested in learning more about the endeavor and would like to be put on a waiting list, please go to careerpivot.com community. When you sign up, you'll receive more information about the community as it evolves. Is those who are in these initial cohorts get to set the direction of this in, in endeavor. This is a paid membership community where I'll be offering group coaching, special content, mastermind groups, branding sessions, Slack channels, and more importantly, it'll be a community where you can seek help. Please go to careerpivot.com community to sign up to learn more. I wanted to mention we are in the process of starting a writer's group within the community, support bloggers, freelance writers, authors, and book publishers. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash IN slash Miller. just including the connection request. You listen to this podcast. Look for Career Pivot on Facebook and LinkedIn. You will find me on Twitter at at Career Pivot. Please come back next week when you get a taste of what's inv- available inside the Career Pivot membership community when I bring in Susan Joyce of job-hunt.org fame to present Personal SEO, Being Found and Protecting Your Privacy. Thank you for listening all the way to the end of the, of the Repurpose Your Career podcast. You will find all the show notes at careerpivot.com episode 131. Please hop over to careerpivot.com and subscribe to get updates on this podcast and all the other happenings at Career Pivot. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Overcast, or Spotify. Hope to see you next Monday for another episode of Repurpose Your Career Podcast.